Welcome to Sweet Tea and D&D. I'm your co-host, Adrian. I'm Thomas. And I'm Zach. And it's time for our holiday episode. Happy holidays. That's all. We did some. Oh, that's all? That's That's all. Easy peasy. That's That's all you get, folks. Zach don't want to edit. I don't, but I will do it for the holidays. It's for for you. Six pounds, seven ounces, baby Jesus. I don't know. Whichever one we're going with. Whichever holiday you celebrate, it's for that. Nah, one. nah. Eight pound, five ounces. He was a chubber. He was chubby, chubby baby. Jesus. Chubby Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Lord. The, I've been listening back to a new podcast I picked up, and for their April Fools, they just uh, played their introductory song over and over again for an hour straight. <laughs> Don't give <laughs> me was, any ideas. That was Don't their think episode. I won't do that. So you guys, just be ready. <laughs> If we're ever in a mood, that's going to happen. We're going to do that. Yeah, Zach would totally edit the song over and over again. It'd be so easy. You'd be surprised how easy that is. Copy, paste, copy, paste. All done. Super easy. Cut an introductory of us doing our intro, and that's the whole episode. That's it. That's all I got to do. You can't (laughs) stop me. All right. I I literally can't. We're kind of doing like a holiday theme. We'll get to it in the gift season of gift giving, I guess. But we, what we kind of monster a... are we presenting for our holiday theme? He's wintry. He is wintry. He's icy. He is the Frost Salamander from Mordecanan's to- Tome of Foes. I'm just looking at the acronym for that and so pulling that out of my butt. Tim <laughs> Toth. Yep. M-T-O-F. Mordecai's Tome of Foes. Uh, page 223, if you happen to have that very fine, fine book. Um, so the Frost Salamander, this picture of him they've got here... Oh, is... <laughs> Adrian a... has just seen it for the first time. That's, a, that's an image that's right an there. Image. He's like beefy, burly salamander-esque but he's got like six legs and then like the head of like a snake with teeth yeah because like salamanders don't have like i don't think they really have like claws and like teeth that are like that big right like we had salamanders and they had like sticky pad fingers Mm -hmm. and not like claw fingers no i've never i've never seen one with six feet either Mm-mm. Also true, yeah. It's like a uh, got a uh, what's the word? Like a centaur situation yeah, going does. on, where you've got like too. your four regular feet, and then you've got like a torso coming up with two hands. Yeah, and then a weird ass head. Wow, kind of like an eel head, I guess, would be a snake with teeth. That's that's the closest yeah. approximation you've come up with. So, but it's very smooth. You. Yeah, I don't know. He looked like he could chomp. Which oh, he I definitely could chomp. He he do chomp ice, I believe. He do chomp. All right, so into the about this dude. Frost salamanders are natives of the plain of ice, also called the frost fell, which rests between the plain of air and the plain of water. Frost salamanders especially like to hunt warm-blooded creatures. They sometimes travel to frigid climates on the material plane by wandering through planar gates. Devourers of heat. The frost salamander's aggressive appetite for any heat source leads them to attack settlements they come across. 
They might mistake the fire of a forge or a campfire for a large, tasty meal, drawing them to attack expeditions and settlements that other predators would avoid. Azers sometimes venture into the Frostfell, where they use large fires to rule Frostalamanders into traps to kill them and collect their hides and fangs for use in crapping weapons and armor. I don't guess you looked up what an Azer or I, an Azer is. I did not. Okay. It's It means blue. That's all I got. It's probably like a blue elemental of some form. I don't cool. know off the top of my head either. So now but you I'll guys look all it up have... as you read. No, the, re- the listeners have homework. <laughs> <laughs> homework. <laughs> sure. Sure, Adrian's in an assigning mood today. <laughs> uh, uh, False refuge. Although frost salamanders can burrow their way through loose soil, they prefer to dig into the ice. They roll around in piles of broken chunks of ice, allowing it to scratch their backs as they grind it down. Ew. Like, I think like like a back scratch. Not like... But like painful cutty. But they, mm. I, they seem pretty tough. Okay. They just like the way it feels. I think it would hurt. Uh, they This habit leads them to create extensive networks of ice caves, becoming even larger as they claw fresh chunks of ice from the walls of their lair. The frost salamander that dwells in a lair for a while carves out enough space to allow a small army to camp within. Inexperienced travels who, travelers who come across these caves see them as a welcome shelter, though they are anything but. Frost salamanders greedily devour any prey foolhardy enough to try sleeping in their lairs. On rare occasions, frost giants capture and tame these creatures, using them to burrow into the ice to help create outposts and fortresses. Ooh. Well, that hmm. has some fun uh, game possibility. possibilities. Fun implications there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I found this nice cave. Just kidding. Get it. <laughs> yep. It's a tamed frost salamander that or a frost giant owns. Or a frost giant owns. Oof. Um, and to the stat block of this guy, the is a huge elemental unaligned. They've got an armor class of 17 natural armor. Hit points of 16d12 plus 64. So that's 168 is what it gives us for a default. A speed of 60 feet, a burrow speed of 40 feet, and a climbing speed of 40 feet. So you're not getting away from these guys. No, you were so not. Fast. It's coming. That's why he's got six legs, I guess. Push. For trotting in your direction at a high speed. <laughs> uh-uh. Oh boy, he coming. Hmm. He's coming, and he's going to eat your head. Yeah, he's, got a, <laughs> he's got a strength of twenty, a dex of twelve, a constitution of eighteen, an intelligence of seven, a wisdom of eleven, and a charisma of seven. The boy's strong. Yeah. 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 Um, saving throws, a constitution of plus eight and a wisdom of plus four, uh, plus four to perception. They are vulnerable to fire and they are immune to cold. Also tracks. Um, they have dark vision up to 60 feet, tremor sense to 60 feet, and a passive perception of 14. They speak primordial and they have a challenge rating of nine. Damn. I didn't know... But I thought they were... What's the intelligence they have to have to be able to speak? Four, usually. Uh, I thought it was higher than that for some reason. Cool. Primordial. That will... One of those times where the dumb language you pick comes in usefulness. Right? They're like, hey, you want to dig a military base for me, please? And they're like, 
Mm, snacks. <laughs> Two of the people, including me, in my current party speak uh, abyssal. And we just thought it was really funny that we both picked abyssal as our dumb, useless language. (laughs) (laughs) It's not dumb and useless. It's for communicating with that one person. Yeah. And that one person only. Yep. Yeah, but we didn't know it for a while. He was like, well, he was like, I put this in abyssal. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I read abyssal. (laughs) (laughs) And now I know what your secrets are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. So we got an ability of burning fury when the salamander takes fire damage its freezing breath automatically recharges Ooh. oh damn so it's fire powered and it has a freezing breath <laughs> for its actions we got a multi-attack the salamander makes five attacks holy shit holy crap a cr9 cr9 who makes five attacks and he auto gets his biggest attack back if you hit him with the thing he's weak to Yikes. Fun, fun. Uh, So four of those with its claws and one with its bite. The claws is a melee weapon attack, a plus nine to hit, a reach of ten feet for one target. And on a hit, it does 1d6 plus five piercing damage. Okay, so a little low on damage. Not too bad. Okay, not a big damage. For the bite is a melee weapon attack, is a plus nine to hit, a reach of 15 feet, one target. On a hit, it does 1d8 plus five piercing damage and 1d10 cold damage. Okay. A little more, but it only gets one of those and not four of them. Nom, nom, nom. Crunch, 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 actually. (laughs) Ice. (laughs) Um, And then he has a freezing breath. Um, It recharge six. Uh, the salamander exhales chill wind in a 60-foot cone. Each creature in that area must make a DC 17 constitution saving throw, taking 8 D10 cold damage on a failed save, or half as much on a successful one. Oh. You're not having a good time. He gonna chill you out. That's a high save for that much damage. And he auto gets it back every time you hit him with fire. Which you're gonna think, I need fire to take this thing out. It's an ice yeah. creature. That and makes you don't total realize sense. that you're making it recharge when you do that. Yeah. You just think that either you think they get it every round or that your DM is rolling really good and getting a six every time. Yeah. I would yeah. Ooh, that's terrifying. Anything else with this creature before I tell you how I'd kill you with it? <laughs> so I, I imagine it would be cold. Um, yes. Uh, actually, it says, so freezing breath, recharge six. So that just means if you roll a six or better, it recharges. Uh, is that what that is? It's a little different. This one, anytime you see a recharge, it's a 1d6, and the six is the requirement for it. Yeah. It will say five to six commonly. Got so you yeah. just roll a d6, and if you reach the highest... You get to kill people. Okay. Mor- Same with dragons just, and stuff. Yeah, yeah Mordekainen just the decided to write it out differently, I think. Almost all the dragons recharge on a 5 or a 6, but you're always rolling a d6 for it. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, you could break that into a d20 if you want, but who wants to do the math? No, no, no. It doesn't yeah. break evenly. Yeah, a 1 and 6. You could do it on a d12. Easier. But a 6 that, is... Everybody's yeah. got one of those. Yeah. So, yeah. I got like 12 of them. Yeah. <laughs> All right, all righty. So yeah, you're so gonna, gonna hurt. Do? It's gonna do? hurt the entire time you're freezing to death. So this, <laughs> this to me would be a um, 
you got to be careful with how you're hitting the party with this because you don't want to hit them too hard with this because this will hurt. Particularly if they're using fire damage, this is going to be real rough, mm -hmm. right? Like this, yes, they're vulnerable, meaning you're going to double the damage you do. So if you fireball this thing, on average, it's going to hurt. The, it's going to do a lot of damage, yes. But I, I like the idea of the text of like, hey, we're using this as a ice tunnel or something. I, I see this creature as a, hey... I, I would use this as kind of a rune exploration type device. So, um, or not device, it's a creature. It's a tool, it's not a device, right? But the goal would be that, hey, we have, we know there's an ancient relic or something buried in the ice and we need to get to it. And people have been digging at it for years, something along that line or whatever, but you could, you could do it as, the way I'd phrase this, as it's a race for everyone to get it, right? And so, like, oh, this race has been digging. The dwarves have been at it for a while. Cool. They're really moving along, getting down there. But it's still not fast enough. The humans, the elves, or whatever, this collective, and it couldn't just be, it doesn't have to be races. It could also just be empires or countries or kingdoms or whatever are digging for this relic. Whoever gets it first is going to win the war or whatever. But the party has the opportunity. They've maybe read about these creatures or somebody mentioned in the past that you wrangle one of these, you can dig into the ice much faster and you're faster than any group of army can do quickly and just tunneling through it as quickly as possible. So it could be a challenge for the party to try and wrangle one of these and get it on their side, whether they're speaking with primordial, maybe they're high enough level to cast like charm creature or charm monstrosity or whatever, whatever they can do to try to get this on their side. But I can see it as a, yeah, you knock it down. You have to fight it in general. It's going to bite and claw its way out. They're going to probably make the mistake of hitting with fire a few times. I would say as the DM, you need to make a um, a flavorful description of, oh, you hit it with fire? Cool. It's instantly gaining back this breath weapon. And that's going to be something where there's like rage in its eyes. However you want to describe it to kind of give them the idea that, hey, you messed up. Don't do that again. Or if you're going to do it, know it's going to hurt you back more. Um, I should note that it is an action for freezing breath. So it can either freezing breath or do all of its attacks. Okay. So it's only right. going to get freezing breath or the other one. Which, freezing breath is a cone attack of 60. So it's odd. It, it, it should be your go-to. Particularly if you're fighting a party of a large group, that's definitely going to do a lot of damage. Um, I would say you can kind of use this as a option of you're fighting it in a cave you're digging that's the setting point as you've got to dig through this ice and this creature comes up and you happen to see it maybe de dug a tunnel already which is awesome uh but then maybe the party gets the idea of oh if we capture it we can use it so they might have to fight it for a little bit or they have to try and capture it immediately whatever the goal is of the party to try and go for it other than that it's it's very similar to the frostworm you're going to encounter it in an icy place so you're going to have to try to dig it out. But I like the way that it burrows and I like its icy breath. I like the idea of burning fury kind of being like a, hey, you messed up. Time to hit the crap out of you again. That's always a good, interesting concept of adding a little more flavor to these monsters of, hey, just because it's immune doesn't mean you're going to kill it immediately. Now you have to deal with the fact that it's angry enough to hit you even harder. Yeah. I, I like the, uh, the lovely... Um combo there of oh yeah you're in an ice tunnel and it's got a cone breath good luck yeah. getting out of that <laughs> you're gonna have a bad time for sure 
and it's it's going to use that and it's going to fill the space and i would honestly the fun part of that is you could also use it if it's got like a stone surface that they're walking on now that entire thing is icy slick like Ooh, you could yeah. add this breath weapon as flare stuff or maybe it's breaking rocks or doing something else like it's adding some type of element to the encounter and I could see it as like, oh, it's freezing things or whatever. Or it could be like, oh, it's going to run away. It can either burrow. It doesn't have a swim speed, but it has a 60-foot like walking speed. So if necessary, it could breath weapon freeze an entire lake and run across it really quickly or something like that. I could see that as a fun chase sequence of the party is trying to capture this creature by knocking it unconscious and then trying to restrain it or cast a spell or whatever. Maybe they were given a scroll to try to tame it or something like that. Uh, but Or they have to steal one from a giant. Like There's so many ways you can play this of where you have to get one of these to dig a tunnel into this relic location. Or maybe they're just trying to force it in the direction they want to go so that they can dig deeper and force it into that relic itself. So a lot of ways to use it, but in general, it's an ice monster. It's going to attack and it's going to try to kill you. And the biggest thing is play up that burning fury of, oh, yeah, it took fire damage. It immediately gets that breath weapon back. You don't have to outright tell them, like, yeah, I don't have to roll anymore. You keep hitting with fire. Don't worry about that. Explicitly state it unless they actively roll some type of, like, elemental knowledge which could be arcana knowledge or nature it's, it's technically an elemental so it probably wouldn't fall under nature i'd probably fall drop it under arcana mm. since it's from a different plane yeah so cool. yeah what type of magic item do you guys have for us we have another homebrew this week because we thought we'd stay a little on a Christmassy theme Christmas, um, got it. Christmas. So this is from an article called D&D 5e Christmas Thing Magic Items to Gift Your Players by Tomas Jimenez Rioja on the website tribality.com. Um, How do you spell tribality real quick? Like tribal and then I-T-Y. There you go. Um, so we are talking today about the gift of presents. This is a common wondrous item. A box wrapped in green and red paper wrap with a nice-looking gold color ribbon on its top. Opening the present shows an exact same duplicate of the box. Once the inner box is removed, the outer one disappears. This new gift present is a gift of presents as well. It's a Russian doll. Of never-ending presents. A never-ending boxes of presents. Mm. Um, so if you like unwrapping and you hate wrapping. Yes. So the designer note on this says, based on the Russian dolls, this item was mostly made to be one of those random magic items that are sold at a cheap price or gifted. However, these are the sorts of items that normally become useful for some super specific plan to be carried out. Your players will surely surprise you in some way of making use of it. So, yeah, it's just a dumb, seemingly useless thing that could probably be useful, maybe, but probably not. It's also just a fun thing to have. I like it to annoy a player more yeah. than anything. Like, that's yeah. something you give somebody that's like, oh, and you tell them it's in the center. Does it ever go back to its original size, or does it constantly just get smaller and smaller? No, it is identical, like, somehow. <laughs> Magically identical, I think. Oh. It doesn't really address the nature of the size. Um, it just says once you pull the inner box out, the inner box out, the outer one disappears. The new present is a gift of presents. So I think oh, it just okay. goes on forever and ever. Okay, so it's not changing in size. So I, the way I see it is like 
the outside exists. You pull the inside out. As you do, it kind of expands to the size of the other one, and the last one disappears. Yeah, that's that's kind of how, how I was envisioning it first till you brought it up. But it says an exact same duplicate, so yeah, so it's a home. It hadn't it, been that well thought through, but I'm like, this would be a fun thing for a player to find in a shop and then gift it to another player. I think. Yeah. Like if I found like, this in a shop for like a normal amount of money, I'd be like, hell yeah, I'm buying that, giving that to somebody. I feel like I could. And then I just watch the the um, slightly more malicious take on it would be you have to give it a wisdom saving throw. Or they have to keep opening the box. Yeah, wisdom or intelligence. I or think intelli- this is yeah. something you give to a dumb character and you like, hey, just so you know, there's a gift in there. And you got to open it to find it. And right. then you just kind of let them sit there. Like, how many of you open? It's like, I think I'm on number 20. Like, you leave them there for as long as you need and hope that the nice cleric or mom or dad of the party doesn't stop them from continuing. I was, was going to say, it's a new babysitter. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or it's something you give to a dumb enemy, like someone who will easily be distracted. Or like that's a, more a of what guard. I was thinking. That's fun, yeah. You should roll it up to like yeah. a set of guards and use it as a distraction so you can like sneak over the wall we got while they're you. sitting there opening yeah. up the boxes trying to figure yeah. out what's happening. <laughs> Hey guys, I really appreciate your hard work. We wanted to give you a gift for keeping this city safe. safe. Yeah, it's a gift. It's a gift, and then you just break in or whatever you need to do. Yeah. Exactly. I love it. Distractions, distractions, distractions. Yep. The party's got all right. One, another one, another one. I like the Russian nesting doll though. That's fun. I cannot remember what those are called in general, but Russian nesting dolls. So instead of a tip today, I wanted to have a quick discussion of what is the best. Or I like to consider, as I should say, this is magic items are kind of a gift from the DM to the player. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm giving you something, it's a it's something that will benefit your character. It could also be a goofy gift, right? Like there's nothing stopping me from throwing at random stuff. But when it comes to like selecting an item for your character, I'm hoping that it's going to be something useful. It's not just a randomly rolled item table, which it could be, but it's also something that I throw in for each character who might find it useful. Maybe I can try and guess what you're going to want or not. So I like to think is magic items and magic item shops are kind of a gift to players. Mm-hmm. But in that case, what has been the best gift? You can't see the air quotes, listeners, but for um, like the best item you got as a gift or gave as a DM or anything like that. Or worse. It could be the worst gift. Let's see. I'm guessing Thomas isn't going to have an answer for this. Because he's only played like one game and it was with you and it was like a one-off. So, Well, no. We played for a few weeks. I just don't think we ever got to a a point where we were getting items. (laughs) I think I gave y'all a house. Yeah, you did give us a house, I think. Give us like an old inn or something. It was haunted, so in a way I gave you a ghost and a house. Yeah, we didn't get to that part. There was also that time you made this annoying person we went to college with a BBEG. <laughs> I did that? Yeah. Yes. In the, that in Halloween the sorority, one? One-off, sorority fraternity one-off. You Where did. we were. I did do that. I forgot about that. <laughs> what a gift I ran it was. A- you're welcome. <laughs> it was this was pre-pandemic, guys. This was this was the before times. Uh, yeah, we met. <laughs> I mean, it, it, we've had two Halloweens since COVID, so I mean, Oof. that's not. Uh, I mean, time COVID started exist. in 2020, right? Yeah. So I think I played in 2021. 
but I don't think I... Granted, it was still probably rough, but we had all tested before we met, so we're all good. We're good citizens, I think. What? Uh, but no, there's a new variant. That was online. Out, so. He's talking about a different thing. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, well, I was confused because I'm like, I ran that one, but I don't remember making a specific person the villain. That was a different group. I have a tendency to reuse one-offs because it's a great way yeah. to trick yeah. people into playing D&D. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, what about you, Adrian? Yeah, so one one nice thing that Shabba did, you guys have met Shabba if you've been listening to the podcast. He's my current DM. Um, he had us make a list for him of, like, different levels of, he's like, just, like, things that you think would be fun for your character to have. So we gave that to him ages ago, and every now and like, I think I've gotten one thing off that list, but it was really fun to get it, because it's something I was, like, actually wanted and would find useful and things like that. Um, the nicest thing he's actually given me, though, is the boots of spriting and springing. God, I can't (laughs) say that. Stringing. It's um, just strings. Because I play a dwarf, and everyone else is, like, elves and monks, so they're all, like, 40 feet of movement, and I had, like, 25 feet of movement, and so he's like, I'm at least gonna get you up to that 30. They're all still faster go. than me for the most part. A dwarf paladin. Um, You're a little... Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little slow, heavy, clunky, encumbered. my little dwarf paladin. <laughs> um, so can that's you, really fun, because it lets me kind of keep up and jump high and things like that. Can dwarf or can paladins learn long strider? I don't know what that as is. As a spell? Is... It it gives you plus ten to your walking speed. Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. I haven't looked that far ahead in what spells I can get as a It's oath level of one, I'm fairly certain. Um, well it depends on what level you are, because you won't get magic until level three. Oh, I I have I have first and second level spells, but that's not one that I can get as an oath of vengeance paladin. I'll have to look it up. I'll have to see. I will look yeah. it up when there's not a dog in my hand. So that's a good yeah, one. That gives that you plus sense. 10 to speed, for sure. Yeah. And it really helps. Um, okay. I will go on the opposite spectrum and kind of go into the more um, uh, evil side of the worst gift I've ever received. I didn't give this. I want to point out. I was <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm not crazy. Um, so if anybody... We've already covered the deck before, but the deck of many things. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Is a very very evil deck. Yep. Uh, you can modify it slightly to make sure that it is not going to ruin your players' days. I always usually take out most of the uh, banes, the bad cards, and add a few or modify it slightly. Uh, but in this case, like it was a lot. Like a lot of our characters had died or swapped out. My character died already, and so it was it was a little rough. We were all kind of losing our shit for that session. It was also a very weird game. Uh, mm-hmm. It was. Um, Horde of the Dragon Queen, which shouldn't have been weird, but the DM was running it real quick. So, either way, uh, yeah, that card ruined a lot of lives that day. People changed alignment, people gained all their fortune, people lost all their fortune. One guy uh, got trapped in a bubble and disappeared. uh, And disappeared on... The only way to find him was to use a wish spell, which um, I was given a wish spell Mm -hmm. for out of it and he told me not to use it because he didn't want to play anymore because he was surprised the dm just kind of killed his character like that so quickly oh yeah i think i got like a fourth level apprentice or whatever which i never used because i didn't want to keep track stack track of all of his stats and all that (laughs) stuff so it was like a fourth level fighter joined your party i'm like instantly or like they come and join us at the next location because it'd be weird if like you read the card and then some dude walks out of the woods i'm like i'm here to join your party i'm like i don't know you and i don't want to know you so yeah there's a lot of them magic item wise i've given 
um, like on the nice side of things. Uh, in most cases, I'll let players like like Shabba does pick a list of stuff that they think will be very useful. A lot of the times I will very much get into like, oh, what is your goal of your character? Cool. I'll pick something that works for you. And so it's a very it's a very thought thoughtful process. More thoughtful than someone giving you a deck of many things. So always remember DMs. Here look, read it's a Pandora's box of gifts. Everybody loves Read boxes the full of description gifts. of deck of many things before you use it. It's very <laughs> important. Because that DM did not. He's like, well, I thought most of them are good. I'm like, yeah, the first few uh, sections are good. They're nice little boons. But after that, it goes dark real quick. Yeah. No, I've... Several of the D&D podcasts have busted out deck of many things, and the consequences are pretty brutal. They are rough. And I, I don't think there's an easy way to really fix that without reneging on a lot of stuff or the party being real cool with it yeah i mean i think it's just important for them to know what you're getting they're getting into right like yeah uh, don't like don't draw a card remember you don't have to draw a card at all (laughs) you're not required to so remember but you are required to draw however many cards you say you say you will yeah so i'm gonna draw two even if the first one's shit the second one could be great, but you still drew number one, so I have fun with that. So yeah, yeah, this has been watch Zach's, out for those Zach's warnings. Yeah. In uh, I think it's in Dungeons and Daddies. Like, there's an NPC that they like fuck over, and the NPC like illusions the deck and offers them snacks and makes them say, "Oh, how many candy bars or granola bars do you want?" And they draw them, and then they're committed to those cards. And it's exactly it's it is brutal, which that whole podcast is pretty brutal. Like that's one where they don't shy away from consequences of actions. It's just why I really love Dungeons and Daddies. No, yeah, they're um, they're rough. But yeah, that's a that's a bean gift. <laughs> yep, the bean bag of beans. That one's a good one too. Yeah, she said mean gift, but okay. Oh, I thought you said a bean <laughs> gift. I thought you were referring <laughs> to the fact that they, they threw like a bag of magic beans into the earth and were like, "Let it all happen. We're gonna destroy oh, this temple or whatever." Magic beans are also fun. <laughs> yeah. that'll ruin your day if you're not careful too. Yep. But, yep. 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 Yeah. All right. Well, where can you find us, Thomas? Since it's your job now. Oh, it's my job now. I mean, we're on Instagram at Sweet Tea and D and D and D and D. Yep. Um, I he didn't like tell me I was gonna have to talk about that. That's it. That's Adrian, the, that's Adrian has whole, deferred responsibility to you. That's for the, the past, whole like, thing. Episodes. It's sweet T and D and D on Instagram, all spelled out normal with the words. I think no ands or ampersands or nope. nothing. A and D and then D and the letter N and then D. You can message us, me or Thomas. Probably Thomas will message you back. Maybe. I see it, too. Nobody's messaged us in a bit. Yeah. You do have one no. fan. Adam Lupton who did. Good yep. fan. Thank you, sir. Yeah, let message us know. Message us again. Let us know the best uh, D&D gift you've gotten in game. Oh, yeah. Tell us yeah. your best D&D and or worst one. We'll put that in the poll when we release the episode. Or, I guess, comment on it. I don't... Can you do polls on Instagram? I don't nah, know. I don't think I don't you know. can do polls on I think Instagram. You can. I don't think you I think can. You can. I just don't know. Real. You I'll can on Twitter. That. Yeah, or, X maybe we or whatever. I don't know how to log into our X. X. I started on Blue Sky. This is another conversation. Everybody say bye. <laughs> bye. Bye. bye.